2: Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sport in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, and Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino. Now, your host, Philip Naiman.
3: Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. You can always play along at home by checking out our website, FiringLineRadio.com, and subscribe to our podcast. It's Actually, I checked it out last week. It's not that difficult to do. You go to FiringLineRadio.com, click on a SoundCloud link, which are all of my past shows, and it says, follow me. When you punch the follow me button, you'll actually um, go to another screen, create the account, and have it delivered to you every week. Why would I want to do that? Well, let me tell you why. We do get products given to us by sponsors and for product consideration. And I like to pass those along to listeners. And how do I prove you're a listener? Well, if you subscribe to the podcast for free... I'm tending to think you probably listen to this show. So subscribe to that. Uh, those are the list of people I like to pick from. Incidentally, it doesn't mean you will win, but I guarantee you, if you don't sign up on that, you won't win. That's uh, And if you have any problems with that, I have a lawyer on the line, Joe Silvoso from Michelle and Associates, and he'll get me out of jail. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Folks, that's my way of introducing Joe Silvoso. Joe Silvoso is a fantastic attorney with Michelle and Associates. They are the NRA's attorney. They're the California Rifle and Pistols. Association's attorney. Um, That office has written Gun Laws of California, which many of you have have seen. We've given out tons of those also uh, all on the line. So I want to welcome Joe to the show.
4: Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me back.
3: Hey, thanks for being on here. Hey, we have a couple things that are going on um, calendar-wise. February 6th, folks, if you get a hold of the Friends of the NRA, February 6th, they have their Palm Springs dinner. Uh, February 10th, we're going to have a very large um, fundraising shoot for for the uh, Protect the Harvest group. Now, I've had them on the show before. Protect the Harvest is backed by Lucas Oil. They make some great gun oil. But they're taking a look at the way the anti-hunters and um, anti-meat eaters are attacking our schools and our systems and looking at the way of life that we have in in rural America, farming, hunting, hunting. You know anything of that? Barbecuing, and they're trying to alter that. So we'll all have to eat what Michelle Obama says we should have for lunch. But we're going to do a fundraiser for them now. That's over at Rojagues in Corona. So February tenth, if you'd like to be involved with that, check out check them out at rojagues dot com. February twenty seventh, Riverside is going to have their Friends of the NRA dinner. Want to want you to make sure you're there. And on March twelfth, Rancho Cucamonga is going to have theirs. So please get involved. Meet your fellow second amendment supporters at these dinners. Joe, you go to those dinners all the time, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. And they're actually quite fun. And you actually have an opportunity to win things in the raffle. Do you not?
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's a lot of neat things.
3: <laughs> exactly. So you may come there, support the cause. You may end up with the prize or not, but uh, you're doing the right thing. So February 6th, February 10th, February 27th, March 12th. That's all you have to do for the next month. How's that? Okay, so I have Joe Silvoso, the fantastic lawyer from Michelle and Associates, on the line with me today. And the reason is we've started a new legislative year in California. Once again, we got, we weren't too bad last year as far as the number of attacks on the Second Amendment rights in California, but it looks like they're going to make up for it in 2016, 2013, the California state legislature, I believe had 74, um, anti-gun bills brought to the floor. 68 of those were defeated. Unfortunately, several of those were several pretty serious that passed, but again, 68 of them were defeated. Last year, I think we had six or eight of them that came up. They all got passed, pretty much. Um, We're dealing with the ramifications of that now. And this year, so far, we've had six new bills that are egregious on the constraints of your Second Amendment rights. And so I have Joe Silvoso, who's who's focusing on this legislation, to explain some of those for us. Joe, will you take it from here?
4: Oh, Sure. Uh, the ones people probably know best about is are the ones that uh, Miss Harris decided to have a press conference about uh, last week. And now, was, now you uh, said I, I you went, said
3: Joe. I'm sorry. You said Miss Harris. Now Miss Harris is Kamala Harris, our current Attorney General, who is running for state senator to replace Dianne Feinstein. So this is somebody who's a political person trying to push her way up the chain, and she has a very good chance of winning the Senate in this state. How dangerous is she?
4: Uh, when it comes to firearm ownership, um, substantial. Um, we've seen a marked change with respect to the California Department of Justice uh, Bureau of Firearms an Agency. She oversees as California Attorney General and how they've treated and how they've gone after firearm owners and firearm possessors. Um, If she were to seek higher office, I I think she'd probably be on par with a Feinstein with respect to her position on firearms.
3: So as Attorney General of California, she's been the equivalent of a female Eric Holder.
4: Uh, Yeah, I don't think that's too far of a stretch to say that. Absolutely not.
3: Okay. Okay. So she came out and did a press conference.
4: She came out and a press conference touting a new uh, bill, one of three actually, that changes or slightly or significantly modifies uh, the definition of assault weapon in California. The politicians love throwing that term around. Um, I think it's going to get them a lot of notoriety um, and attention, which they love. And so she decided to come out. In support of and be a backer of one of the three now bills that we have in Sacramento redefining or changing the definition of what California considers a quote-unquote assault weapon.
3: What is the current definition?
4: Uh, Well there's a couple actually. A firearm can fall under the definition of an assault weapon one of two ways essentially. It can either be make model prohibited, meaning that specific firearm by its make or m- and model designation is considered a quote unquote assault weapon. And I'm and forgive me for repeating quote unquote assault weapons. It's something lawyers do from time to time, especially we are dealing with a term of art that a lot of people consider confusing. Um, that the gun ban lobby likes throwing around, like they know what it means, um, but in common parlance and typically in the media when they use a sole weapon they have no idea what it means but yeah, it means a black gun cal-
3: it means yeah. a, a black gun and and they haven't figured out yet that black rifles matter
4: absolutely <laughs> but nevertheless for California that specific phrase has significant meaning because if you are in possession of a firearm that California law considers to be in a sole weapon you are committing a felony violation of California law. And so what that phrase means has significant uh, interest for gun owners um, and certainly people who are interested in their Second Amendment rights.
3: So um, you, you could be somebody who lived in Arizona and you had a Colt AR-15 forever and you moved over here and it's in your closet or it's in your gun safe and uh, you moved over here and there's, there's an issue, I don't know, whatever reason, there's a burglar at your house. And the police come in, they look around and they say, What's this? It's my gun vault. They ask you to look at it. Is there any damage in there? They say, Oh, you have a Colt AR 15. Do you have an assault weapon permit for that for California? Guy says, No, what are you talking about? He gets handcuffs on him, correct?
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no hesitancy in my mind in answering that question. If law enforcement is in a position to look at your firearm or firearms, and they find a firearm you're not supposed to have, they, at a minimum, will be taking that firearm away. At a, there is a substantial likelihood that you're going with your firearm to the um, police station. Uh, the firearm's going to go into the evidence locker. You're going to go into holding until you get bailed out or you see a judge.
3: And, again, you've committed no other crime other than moving here with something completely legal in 49 other states.
4: Pretty much, yes. Or the other situation is that you've purchased the firearm years and years and years ago. You think that you purchased the, the firearm perfectly legal back then, and you did, but now the laws have changed, and the laws are being proposed to change again, wherein that if you haven't registered that firearm when it was considered a assaulting before, or if they changed these laws again now, and you don't register that firearm, you, again, are violating California law and subject to potential felony prosecution for possessing that firearm you've owned and in the past legally um, and with no problem.
3: So they're creating outlaws. They're creating a criminal class by making common behavior. I mean, the the AR-15 is a very common rifle. I mean, almost everybody has one or two Absolutely. or six or 12. But, um <clears throat> It's a very common rifle. It's very, I don't know what the sales were last year, 5 million or something of like that. So, nationwide, it's all over the place. There are less murders caused by AR 15s than there are caused by hammers or feet or hands. So, unless Home Depot goes on a 10 day waiting list for um, assault hammers, You know, this is just a ridiculous push where they're trying to alter the Second Amendment rights. Your right to have a proper uh, personal defense weapon in your home and proper ownership of it is being controlled by a bunch of mamby-pamby do-gooders, do-nothing, horrible people that are attacking your Second Amendment rights. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back here with Joe Silvoso uh, right after this. And again, folks, do everything you can not to let Kamala Harris become your next state senator. Be right back after this. You just washed your car. It looks great.
5: Little did you know you were being watched from the skies above.
2: Morning, Dove One, calling, Spotted Dove Two. Come in, Spotted Dove Two. This is Spotted Dove Two. Target in sight, waiting for clearance. Spotted Dove Two, you are clear to go in or the drop.
5: Bullseye. Dove season's coming. Time to get ready at Bullseye Sport. Long guns are on sale now, so don't wait. Get cashback rebates up to $75 on Remington Shotguns and check out their 120-day gun layaway program. Everyone's welcome, including women considering a firearm for the first time. Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo on Brockton between Arlington and Central in Riverside. 951-823-0211. Online at bullseyesport.com. Bullseye Sport, where the Inland Empire gets ready to hunt. Nine five one eight two three zero two one one. Pull!
2: This portion of the Firing Line Radio Show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside.
3: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this?
6: This is my boomstick!
3: That's right, folks, it's Boomstick Radio. And you know who else likes Boomstick Radio? Well, that's Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. And he wants to stress the safety and importance in firearm and boomstick usage. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or target shooting, it's important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. Vince and I highly recommend you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, attitude essential to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen... And I only have law-abiding citizens listening to my show. You have the right to self-defense, and without that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For more information about the certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sports in Riverside, 951 823 or visit their website, bullseyesport.com, for a schedule of classes. Because at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo, they believe in safety first. 951 And as we're talking about this, you know, we're talking about the laws and safety procedures you need to know. And let me pick that right back up with you, Joe Silvoso, that um, sure. the assault weapons, there's a couple of different definitions of them that are mandatory that we understand here in California. You went over one, make and model. What are the others?
4: Uh, the other one is going to be what's known as a Category 3. The make and models fall under what's known as Categories 1 and 2. And again, lists list of those are located both in the Penal Code and the California Code of Regulations. The Category 3 is what you call your feature build. The firearms are considered an a fall open because of its make and model designation about what type of features the firearm has. For example, a rifle that is semi-automatic, center fire, has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine, and that phrase is going to be important when we're talking about these new bills. And one additional feature, like a pistol grip or a folding classable stock or a flash suppressor or a forward pistol grip, uh, has those three prerequisite features, and one of those additional features, it's considered a soliton. So if you think about an, a standard AR or an AK firearm in your head, you're probably envisioning that firearm um, with a pistol grip and no doubt has a capacity to accept a detachable magazine, It's no doubt set in my automatic, and it also is center fire. It's considered an assault weapon. And so if your firearm has certain features, or if it's listed by make and model as the law currently exists, um, it's considered an assault weapon. Uh, but nevertheless, with respect to what's going on in Sacramento, what is considered an assault weapon is is right now being proposed, uh, will be changed. And what Ms. Harris has gotten behind is actually a bill we have seen before. Uh, So you mentioned at the start of the show that we saw a lot of bills in 2013. This is actually a retread of a 2013 bill that was proposed to and went through all of the uh, legislative process and got to Governor Brown's desk, uh, which was SB three. uh, 74, and what that bill does, and what this new bill does, and by the way, the new bill is AB 1663, is it changes the definition of what is a solopin, and it does it in a very, um, depending on who you are, either clever, sneaky, or flat right or downright evil way, because the definition for a solopin, if this bill passes is going to be that any semi-automatic centerfire rifle that does not have a fixed magazine with the capacity accepts no more than 10 rounds is in the Sullivan. And let me unpack that for half a second. Semi-automatic, I think we kind of all know what that is. You pull the trigger, the round um, ejects, or the casing ejects, and the round goes. The next round goes into the chamber. Uh, centerfire fire Um, the primer is in the center of the casing, so those two are relatively straightforward, Um, does not have a fixed magazine, and they're being tricky with that definition because what we think may be a fixed magazine now um, is going to be subject to change under this bill because currently under California law, um, those firearm enthusiasts who would prefer to have an AK or an AR in their gun safe or in their gun closet, um, the way they become California compliant and the way manufacturers have become California compliant uh, with those types of firearms is replacing their standard magazine release with a device that's commonly referred to as a bullet button. And we might have discussed that a couple of times on your show before, Phil, but for those people who don't or didn't listen to us the first time around, uh, let me explain what that device does. Basically, it replaces the standard magazine release button with a rigid button, meaning you can't push the uh, magazine release and the magazine will fall out with your finger. Recessed, typically in that device, is a smaller button um, that's only accessible through a narrow tube, and so you can't reach down with your finger to release the uh, magazine. You can't push the button because it's so far down in that tube. You have to use some type of device or tool to release the magazine. Um, The most common device or tool used to release a a, a, a magazine in that situation is a bullet hence the phrase a bullet button because in order to push the magazine release button for those devices you use the bullet tip. Uh, The installation of the bullet button on your standard AR or AK, would cause the firearm to be considered not to have a detachable magazine. And that was the important distinction I mentioned before when we were talking about the definition of an assault weapon, because once you take away a firearm's ability to accept a detachable magazine, then for most intents and purposes, not all, but most you can possess that firearm and not be overly concerned about that firearm meeting the definition of an assault weapon, which is why when you go into your gun stores throughout California and there's all this hullabaloo about ARs and AKs, and you see ARs and AKs lining the walls at, um, at your local gun stores, you go on well, how are these firearms available for sale? Look close at all of those firearms and you will see the device I described attached to them, which allows those firearms to be um sold and possessed in the state of California, and lawfully possessed by gun owners throughout the state. Well, our friends up in Sacramento don't like that. And so back in two thousand thirteen, good old Senator Steinberg proposed a bill that would have expanded the definition of a assault to include those firearms, but it would include a lot more other things, things like your uh, mini fourteen. Your Mini-14 is a semi-automatic centerfire rifle that doesn't have a fixed magazine. That would be considered an assault pin. A lot of your standard um, rifle, uh, hunting rifles, and in some cases shotguns, uh, could potentially be considered to be assault because of this definition being expanded the way it is by Ms. Harris and this bill. Again, that bill is AB 1663. It just got proposed last week. It's kind of starting off, but this bill, more than any of the other ones we're going to be talking about here, has the most wide reach. Um,
3: so, so you could have something like a Remington 742, I think that's the semi-auto uh, version. It's a semi-automatic center fire rifle in 243. It's a hunting rifle, but it has a box magazine on the bottom that's going to be considered an assault weapon simply because it can accept a detachable box magazine.
4: Correct. Uh Yes. If the magazine is not permanently affixed to the firearm, then at that point you're going to have a problem because they're getting sneaky again with what they consider to be fixed. Right. versus what they consider to be detachable. So, let me ask... so the fixed magazine is basically one that has to be contained or permanently attached to the firearm um, that cannot be removed without disassembly of the firearm action.
3: And it's limited to 10 shots.
4: Yes, and it's limited to 10 shots. They also get you with that one, too. So if you have your fixed magazine, as they've decided to define fixed in their crazy wackadoo world, But if your magazine then holds more than 10 rounds, well, sorry, you're in assault weapon land again, and your firearm again is now considered to be an assault weapon and subject to crime and and arrest.
3: All right, let me just throw this out there to all the legal people in the world, because it just seems to me that... That when it comes to expanding our rights on areas, oh, such as maybe gay marriage or um, whatever pornography, man, the the left can find rights all over the place. But when it comes to looking at a st- Stipulated right, guaranteed in the Bill of Rights that was necessary for the adoption of our Constitution, they can't find anything. um, The word shall not be infringed simply doesn't matter to them. It it would seem to me that if we can legally possess these in another state under the 14th Amendment or something of that nature, we should be able to allow them in this state. The same way they got gay marriage um, accepted throughout the entire country, we should be able to have firearm ownership accepted throughout the entire country. What do you think? In two seconds.
4: Uh, Well, we've got one constitution that should apply the same everywhere.
3: There you go. Folks, Firing Line Radio Show will be right back after this.
0: the answer.
2: this portion of the firing line is brought to you by the riverside indoor shooting range and ccw safe
1: spartans lay down your weapons Pleasure, come and get them
3: that's right, folks. It is Mulan Bay Saturday, and you're hearing why right here on the show. Uh, Philip Naiman with Joe Silvoso from Michelle and Associates. And as you heard in our last couple of segments, and if not, you better go back and get the podcast on this because this is very important. Your Second Amendment rights are once again under attack here in California from the people with the likes of Camilla Harris, Gavin Newsom, um, just the same old players, you know, Kevin BB's Leon. Matter of fact, you can't buy a decent BB gun at any store because they're not California legal anymore. So yeah, great job there, Kevin BB's DeLeon. Uh, I've got Joseph Oso on the line here. We we're just talking about AB 1663, which will fundamentally change ownership of a second am- of uh, any semi-automatic centerfire rifle. It's going to change it dramatically make it illegal you you not not the guy to your left you right there you need to contact your assemblyman assemblywoman assembly person whoever they are ab 1663 they need to feel the heat that this is an anti-constitutional it is affecting your rights it is absolutely you know if thomas jefferson and, and madison were all sitting here at the table they'd say it's near blasphemy that they would consider this type of, uh, of legislation and that uh, the American people are going to sit around and take this. You need to contact your assembly person. You need to tell them that this absolutely must be defeated. Mark Stein North is my assemblyman. He will be getting a call on this. Find out who yours are. Make sure that they hear from you. Be polite, but be consistent and be persistent and can stick to the point ab 1663 is a violation of your second amendment rights there's no other way around it it is a gun grab by the attorney general who is not a nice person and uh, whether nice and counts or not as far as your second amendment is concerned she, she she's not let's just go there so let me bring you back here joe uh ab 1663 is is something we have to fight against there are other bills that are coming up we need to know about can you help us with that
4: Yeah, absolutely. On the heels of 1663, there came 1664. It is not as expansive as 1663, um, but goes directly at that bullet button issue, like I mentioned before. Because while 1663 dramatically expands the scope of what's considered an assault weapon, 1664 goes after those firearms that I mentioned you see when you walk into your gun store those ARs and AKs that are lined up on the wall. Those will probably go away, or most certainly will go away with with 1663 passing, but 1664 does away essentially with the bullet button, and those bullet button firearms then become considered assaults as well. But not to be outdone, the State Senate introduced SB 880, which essentially does the same thing as 1664. They're both trying to get rid of firearms equipped with the bullet button. Their language is slightly different, but their aim is just the same, is treating those bullet button firearms as assault weapons as well. And so those are the three firearms, or at least three bills we have, at least for right now, um, attempting to redefine the definition of assault weapon um, and expanding the scope of what things we're not allowed to have, according to our friends in Sacramento, In the state of
3: California. So, so look at this. I mean, we know that you affect behavior either with a carrot or the stick. All right. If your concern is crime caused by not caused, but crime perpetrated with the use of one of these weapons, then in order to stop that, wouldn't you increase the The uh, criminal offense, if somebody is caught shooting up a neighborhood with an AK-47, you know what, and nobody was hurt, it's still life imprisonment. That's where they should be focusing on is the misuse and increasing the penalties for the misuse of any of these weapons. But they're not. Their focus is on the ownership of good people, of law-abiding citizens, people who have bought it, people who have them already listed in the in the databases as, hey, I bought an AR-15 back in 2013, and now, boom, they're going to be coming around with the uh, DOJ's, criminal justice people, saying, hey, have you registered this? Have you done blah, blah, blah? Uh, we're going to search your house on a presumption that you're guilty because we know that you own. One of these things or have bought one in the past. So it creates huge issues, but their focus is not on the criminal or the criminal misuse. It's on ownership by good American citizens. And that that um that 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 ticks me off. I'm trying to think of a word that won't get beeped here, but it really, really does because it's onerous that they're doing this to us. And what's more onerous is our elected officials are sucking up and getting along with this. They have got to be held into account. This is...
4: Yeah. And, and to that point, Phil, uh, you did mention that, yes, I'm an attorney, and while I do a number of things related to firearms, I also handle our firm's criminal defense matters. And uh, while I can't get into specifics about any given case, um, your listeners, I would think, would be surprised, although they shouldn't be. That the vast majority of people who contact our office seeking legal defense in a criminal case having to do with firearms didn't use the firearms in any illegal type way. They got found in either possession when they weren't supposed to have it or they were carrying it in the wrong way or when it comes to assault weapons. It's, they got found in possession of a firearm that law enforcement says they can't have because that's the way the law is and then they're talking to me about being prosecuted and so these are odd. these are everyday hardworking people have no history of criminal violations but nevertheless they're having to talk to me because at that point usually they've been arrested, they've been booked, they've had to put a lot of money out to get bailed out They're concerned about their future liberty. They're concerned about their future ability to own and possess firearms as a result of this case. And all of the stresses and all of the concerns that go along with uh, a standard criminal case would apply there because these are very serious charges they're now facing. In almost every single one of those cases, those individuals don't have any prior history. They should not be viewed in and wouldn't be viewed in other states as quote-unquote criminals but unfortunately, given California's laws and how California treats certain firearms, they decide to consider, and I'm going to use them again, quote-unquote, um, considered to be assault weapons. Um, they're having a very serious conversation with me about jail and fines and probation and things like
3: that. It's horrible. People's lives are changed fundamentally for not, not for committing a crime, but for owning something that's legal in Nevada and Arizona and Oregon, for crying out loud, you've got you've got people trying to nationalize marijuana or nationalize all this other junk. And why can't we nationalize our gun rights? You know, it, it seems to me that, like we said before, I kind of didn't give you a time to answer it, but um, we should have equal protection under the law. If it's illegal, if I can legally own it in Arizona, if I'm an Arizona citizen and I come out here for a three gun match and I get stopped and my life has been fundamentally changed because CHP arrested me for owning something that's legal where i live and that guy's over and we should have the ability to cross state law with a federally legally owned firearm there's no it's stupid and it's 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 wrong and maybe we need to have a challenge on that issue if they can if they can push for rights in one direction why can't we push for rights that are so crystal clear the word infringe, right? We know who, who the people are. We know who the militia is. We know what infringed means. I mean, there should be no debate if we had people who actually followed the letter of the law. Um, so, I mean, I'm sorry. It just, again, it just really, really gets my goat. Um, we have a couple other bills here that I uh, want to talk about. One of them has to do with the extension of of a current law we have in California where you're not allowed to buy a Handgun, a new handgun, or a handgun owned by a dealership, except for one per month. And they're looking at extending that too, aren't they?
4: They are. um, And as much as I'm sure all your listeners uh, thoroughly love and enjoy the restriction that they have on handguns, in that if you go into a place and you see, or a place, a gun store, and you see two handguns you would really like, and maybe two different calibers, or by two different manufacturers. Um, you take them up or you point them out to the, um, the, the clerk and say, yes, I'd like to buy both of these, and the clerk looks at you and says, okay, great, we can start paperwork on one of them, but in 30 days we'll be able to sell you the other one. Um, if you've ever had that experience, or you're aware of that experience, imagine that now happening to the rifles and shotguns you want to purchase, because that's what's being proposed right now.
3: Yeah, I've always thought the gun a month is actually a challenge. You need to buy a gun a month just to prove that you can. <laughs> exactly.
4: And and mark it on your calendar. Every single 30 days, (laughs) go in there right after that 30-day period and and pop in for the next one. Uh, But but nevertheless, AB-1674 is going to do exactly what we just joked about um, doing. Um, It's going to extend the restriction on purchases of handguns from a dealer uh, from being once a month to extending it to all firearms. Uh, being one a month. And that firearms, of course, would include long uh, guns, guns, as well as, uh, under the definition of firearms, that also would include receivers.
3: Okay, we're going to get into that as we come back here. Um, Once again, how is that not an infringement on the Second Amendment? You have to look at the Second Amendment, the 27 words that are in there. How are any of these not direct conflicts with what we have in our bill of rights and thank god for the men who and women who sweat and put things together that we have these bill of rights without them can you imagine what
6: the status would be doing to us folks firing line radio show we'll be right back after this if you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit you need protection beyond the weapon visit ccwsafe.com today
2: am 590 the answer this portion of the firing line radio show is brought to you by prado olympic shooting park in chino and by Moppen financial advisors are
0: you not entertained are you not entertained is this not why you are here
3: you know, I don't know if you're being entertained today because this isn't that entertaining of a show, but I certainly hope you are being informed. Um, well, a little bit entertained, but informed. I hope you're being informed. I hope you're getting a little bit uncomfortable, and I hope you're going to take some action. This is important, folks. You have to talk to your assembly members. You have to talk to your state senators. Mike Morrell, he's a great guy. Call him up. Whoever is in your area call them let them know this is important to you the ab1663 ab1664 ab1674 sb880 and uh what what next is on our plate here joe silvoso from michelle and associates in long beach what else do we have what other good news have they brought us
4: <laughs> i feel like going but wait there's more i know because because there is um and it's not good. I'm sorry to say. Uh, when it comes to the California, when it's, it comes to firearms, it's like the Doritos. Com- Sacramento, it's yeah. like the
3: Doritos commercial. Will they say "V2 all you want, we'll make more"?
4: It, exactly. Yeah. Here they come, and and here they come again. And, and hot on the heels of um, good old Senator De Leon's ghost gun bill is another bill going after. Um, you're 80% receivers, and I'll talk about that in half a second, uh, but it's essentially um, AB-1673, which is going to redefine uh, what the definition of a firearm is in California. And um, uh, this one's going to take uh, a little bit of unpacking, so please bear with me. Um, for those of you in the audience who may not know what a 80% receiver is, um, to put it as, as quickly as I can, an 80 percent receiver is uh, very similar to a, a firearm receiver, and when we're talking about receivers um, for firearms, they are considered the essence, the, the basic part the registered of the, the registered firearms. part yeah. Exactly. When you take all the parts off, that is still considered the firearm. And so when a manufacturer makes it, they need to put their serial number, serial number on it and stamp it with their make and model designation. It needs to be tracked by the manufacturer and the dealers um, when they're transferred. That's the information that's put on your 4473 when you purchase the firearm. Of course, that's also the information that's sent up to Sacramento uh, when you draw the firearm in the state of California. And so the receiver is, when we're talking about the firearm, it's the firearm when you take all the parts apart. Um, An 80% receiver is, is kind of what it sounds like when we've explained it all. It's 80% of a receiver, meaning that there is a 20% or so that's, that's a uh Industry phrase, not really having anything to do with actual percentages of the firearm okay. being complete. And but but never
3: let me let oh, me okay, back up. Let me back up one thing. The reason that people have an eighty percent receiver is that you are allowed to manufacture a firearm for your own personal use. That is an ability. You can manufacture a firearm for your own personal use. I believe it's less than fifty units a year or something of that nature. Don't quote me on that, but there there is a number that they allow you to manufacture for yourself without being considered a manufacturer. So you can use them for your own self, and that's why people would buy an 80% um, piece of aluminum, which is basically a six-pound block of aluminum that's had some milling done to it, and from there, you have to finish and fit and create the firearm and add all the components to it. So the difference between an 80% block of aluminum, if you owned a CNC machine, and a a six pound block of aluminum is about 45 minutes. So here, here they're trying to outlaw a piece of aluminum that has some tooling to it. So is it 80% or is it 75%? What's the new number?
4: Yeah, correct. Because what they refer to and how they refer to it is um, the receiver of a weapon that can be readily converted to the functional condition of a finished frame, or receiver. But if you have and, a
3: six-pound block of aluminum and access to a CNC machine within an hour and a half, if that's considered readily available, it can be machined into a finished receiver.
4: And yes, and so, if, if, yeah, if that, that process can be considered readily converted, whatever the heck that's supposed to mean. So we have to register uh, all
3: six-pound blocks of aluminum.
4: Well, here's, and here's where the, the issue comes in, because in that situation, if that six pound block of aluminum is considered and could be considered readily converted into a uh, finished frame or receiver, your block of aluminum is considered a firearm. And so, for you to purchase that block of aluminum, you would have to go through a California firearms dealer. You would have to go through a background check. You would have to go through the 10 day waiting period in California because what they're trying to do with these 80% receivers is say that they're firearms, and then at that point, all of the requirements associated with firearms come into play when you're acquiring that block of aluminum.
3: So they've got such a slippery slope, because if if you look at modern manufacturing techniques, I'll bet you within a 24-hour time frame, we can take a pile of Budweiser cans, have them smelted down, machined back out, and and, uh, turned into an AR-15 frame within 24 hours i'll bet you that policy so then if a six pound block of aluminum is a firearm well so are all the cans on the side of the road and the homeless guys are picking up so where does this stop it, it's absolutely ridiculous that they're going to take an inanimate object that it could serve as a paperweight and call that a firearm you know hey what if we recycle the bumper on my car is that now a firearm
4: uh, and at this point what is considered readily converted exactly and- they, they don't define it anywhere. They don't bother to, to mention uh, no one really knows what that phrase means. And I can almost guarantee you even the people who wrote the bill don't know what that phrase I'm means. I'm sure
3: they don't know because they're idiots. But here's the deal. I'm sorry, that's my own personal opinion, but it happens to be factually correct. So here's <laughs> – if you agree with me, you're correct also. So here's the deal is – They create these laws that say readily available. Then they turn that law with the verbiage readily available over to a hostile Department of Justice like we have in the state of California. And they, in their own internal regulations, determine, well, in your case, Mr. Silvoso, it's a 24-hour period is readily convertible. And in mm-hmm. your case, it's two weeks. And in your case, it's four minutes. It's a a moving standard depending upon what they want to plug somebody for. And that's ridiculous that we allow these kind of laws and these kind of people to make our laws.
4: Yeah. And, and going further to that point, you may be uh, your listeners or some of your listeners may be the type of people to say, well, I'll take this case to court and I'll challenge this case and I'll be the test case. For this activity, and I would strongly caution against that course of action, partly because, again, in, in dealing with the courts, I know how the courts think. And we know we've dealt many, many times with a hostile court. Yeah,
3: you so could end up with Goodwin, like this, with Goodwin Liu on the case. Exactly. <laughs> Rabbit anti-gunners on, on all three of your panels. You look at what happened with uh, Peruta. You know, all of a sudden, they're bending over backwards to break their own laws to relook at this case.
4: Yeah, and so that's and that's where we full, turn full circle with, okay, where where do we get these laws? Where do we get these judges? Well, the judges are appointed by presidents, and these laws are written and by governors voted for. Yeah, absolutely, and governors, and the laws are voted for by representatives, which turns us all the way back around. If you don't like. This stuff and it's making you mad and you're concerned about. Hey, wait a second! These guns I have in my safe. You're talking about becoming a solipsist. I don't want to have to wait 30 days in hunting season if I want to replace and want to get a new rifle or shotgun or two. I don't want to have to wait one <laughs> to, uh, my 30 days before I can buy another one. Um, that's that's when November comes important. That's when even. Your um, primaries become important because getting the knuckleheads out ahead of time, um, even before November, it becomes a vital importance. That's
3: true. Hey, one question on the bullet button thing. Sure. To accept, it has to have the capacity to accept a detachable magazine. If the bullet button itself was removed, and if you did not replace it with a standard magazine, so there's just a hole that goes all the way through the magazine there. If you put a magazine in, it falls back out. Right. Yeah. Is that no longer considered? It can't accept it because it falls right out.
4: Right? Um, I, I, I've had to argue that question or a very similar question to that to a prosecutor in the past. It's not one I would prefer having to make. But, yes, your point is well made that because at that point it doesn't have the capacity to accept, well, anything, because as soon as you put something in it it falls right out. You would have to accept,
3: yeah, you would have to accept the premise that if I put the magazine on top of the gun, then it's loaded also.
4: (laughs) Uh, No, maybe not that far, but nevertheless, yeah, that's a very clever argument, and again, one I've had to make in the past, but I would never advise a listener of yours, or you, Phil, to to try to get around it with with doing it that way, Um, but I've had to make very similar arguments in the past.
3: Okay, well, If I owned any of those things, I would listen. But, of course, I don't own anything. I own absolutely nothing. So, yeah, don't come looking at my house. Folks, Firing Line Radio Show. I want to thank my special guest, Joe Silvoso. Uh, Joe Silvoso, Michelle and Associates, you guys are doing just awesome jobs for us Uh, your boss Chuck Michelle he's the new president of the California Rifle and Pistol Association matter of fact go see their their website go to their gala we're going to be out there a big fundraising event for them they're doing the work to protect your rights michellelawyers.com correct? correct folks thank you have a great week (laughs) when you have to shoot shoot don't talk
2: The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sport in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, and Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino